Shucky Ducky is the man from Queens. Ah, Shucky Ducky was a way for me to say, I am thrilled to be here. Why not just say that? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. Hey, this is Scott Slade with the special hour of the Herman Cain Show coming to you live in Atlanta. At least parts of us are. I'm wrangling some of the finest political and political journalism minds of the country to talk about what happened on Super Tuesday. Of course, that includes Washington Insider Jamie Dupree from TheResurgent.com, Eric Erickson, and uh, our resident uh, former candidate for the United States president, uh, Mr. Herman Cain. Mr. Cain, it's great to be with you again. Thank you, Scott, and thank you for hosting this roundtable. You know, I just want to get maybe some first takeaways first, uh, and we should never assume everybody knows everything. So, Herman, let's begin with you. Your takeaways from Super Tuesday. What are the big headlines for you? First, the Trump phenomenon is real. I know a lot of people don't like it, uh, and I think my colleague Eric Erickson probably doesn't like to see Trump succeed, and I understand that, but a lot of people do. And I think the second takeaway is that with the turnout that's being generated uh, for the Republican side, that that ought to be something that the establishment should embrace rather than fight it, because it may be redefining the Republican Party with bigger numbers, and I think that is a good thing. The other takeaway that I had was uh, Ted Cruz had to win Texas, and he did, his home state. But it also, uh, I think, is equally true that Rubio's got to win Florida coming up in a couple of weeks. And if he doesn't, it's going to be a really, really, really uphill battle for him. So those are some of my major takeaways. And the fact that more people are coming out in record numbers to vote, I think that is a good sign. It is a sign that that truly is a political revolution going on, but it's just not the one that Bernie Sanders is talking about. Okay. Uh, Eric Erickson, now your, your takeaways. I guess we should start with uh, how motivated people are to get to the polls, like, like Herman well, said. Well, yeah, you know, the, it's interesting looking at the exit polls. Donald Trump is motivating a lot of people to come out for him, including in Massachusetts, a lot of blue-collar Democrats. He's also motivating a lot of people to come out against him. Uh, so he did very well last night. His average vote overall, though, last night was 31.75%. Uh, Cruz surprising everyone with the Alaska win that he, I think even before the polls closed, people were going to toss it to Trump. He snuck in there after everyone had gone to bed. And then Rubio, who he, yes, he pulled close in Virginia, but he's he's won Minnesota, which was actually one of his best states that he could potentially do. He got it with 37%. Uh, at this point, I, I don't know that Rubio can do anything other than try to get a brokered convention, which would be terrible for the party, I think. Do you think? Yeah, I think if if you go to a brokered convention and you don't already have the candidates aligned saying this is the ticket we're going to have at the convention, uh, you leave it up for grabs at the convention. It's mm-hmm. it's a no man's land where once the delegates cast their first ballot, then it's open, a free for all, and it looks bad. I think it does look bad. I would, now, this is where Eric and I do agree, <laughs> is that uh, it would look bad, number one. And number two, it would kill the confidence of some of the people who've tried to support of the Republican Party, and uh, I think that it would just be a very bad sign if we had to, if we did that and went all the way to a broker convention. I'm a little more on the journalistic side. I would love it. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just would. It would be great theater. Oh, it would be great theater. Oh, gosh, All yes. right. Uh, you know, I hate prearranged endings. It would be terrific theater. Washington Insider Jamie Dupree joins us uh, as well here. And uh, what, the last time we had an open-slash-brokered convention was, there, what, 1948? I think it was 48, yeah. Whenever it was, it's been a long time, and none of us covered it. I think the takeaway for me is it shows uh, a Trump, obviously, and Hillary Clinton, both strong, with winning seven out of 11 states yesterday. But it wouldn't take have taken very much for Trump to lose three of those states. It was sort of close mm. in, in three of them. So it wasn't a dominating night for him, but he won uh, the most delegates again. But it was 42%. It was not a majority. And at this point in time, with nobody getting out of the race, 
Carson's in, Kasich's in, Rubio's in, Cruz is certainly not getting out after winning three states. I don't see the field winnowing before March the 15th. And then if we do have a situation, what if, what if on March the 15th, both John Kasich won in Ohio and Marco Rubio won in Florida? I, I mean, you can't write off the possibility of one or the other. If both of them lose, they're out. I think that's very clear. The field could be winnowed. But in two weeks' time, we could have a splintered kind of reaction. And if uh, we see lots of ads in Florida and Ohio against Trump, who knows? Uh, I, you know, I, I understand why a lot of people are pushing, and we'll hear it a lot on radio, talk radio today, that Rubio should get out. Uh, Cruz had his chance at his home state. Kasich's going to get his chance at his home state. Rubio will get his. It's only two weeks. We'll have to wait until then. You know, in, in two weeks, that's a lot of pressure. That That is, when you get right down to it, that, that's like, you know, putting the whole campaign in a funnel and putting it under pressure. You know, and sometimes in these situations, the person that's trying to push to get it done just doesn't have the juice. And as a reporter, you realize that you can see them almost running out of it. On the other hand, maybe this is how the anti-Trump train gets moving on multiple levels rather than focused on just one well, candidate. Well, you're going to see an avalanche, uh, and, and, uh, and Herman, uh, weigh in on this. Uh, don't you expect an avalanche of negative advertising, especially in Ohio and Florida here in the next two weeks? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just within the last week when you saw Marco Rubio going on the attack against Trump, 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 attack, 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 I'm sure that his consultants and his staff are suggesting that he, that he do that, which he did. I've gotten feedback from people anecdotally that says that that doesn't sit well with them. It's turning some people off. And secondly, uh, when you have Romney come coming out, throwing uh, throwing a laser, a, a grenade up on the wall to see how much it sticks relative to tax returns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you got a former, you know, Romney advisor saying that, you know, he can't support Trump and Hillary would be better and all of this. I mean, it's just going to be more negative, 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 attack, attack, attack. And I'm just not sure that it's going to work for Marco Rubio because he's got a big gap to close, and I don't think that's the way to do it. Yep, he's got two weeks. You know, It's sort of like Cruz. Listen, Cruz took advantage of his opportunity yesterday in Texas. Yes. Not only did he win in yep. Texas, but he won, uh, the last I looked, in 35 of the 36 congressional districts, and the one that he lost to Rubio may be an accounting error. They might have double-counted some numbers right. for Rubio, yeah. and they might take that away, and Cruz might sweep all 36 of those districts. He had the chance yesterday to nail it, and he gets uh, over 100 uh, delegates in Texas. Well, if Rubio in two weeks wins Florida, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You win 99 delegates. That's basically equal to Cruz in Texas. And I, I think then Rubio certainly doesn't get out. So, again, well, it's 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 right to Ohio and Florida, and we'll see whether they can survive, both Rubio and Kasich. And there's, there's an interesting data point out there as well from the national exit polling last night. 57% of voters who voted yesterday had not heard about Trump University. Yep. And they'll hear a lot more about it, won't they? Well, wait a minute. Isn't that the subject of a super PAC ad that's starting today, a million dollars behind that? Yeah, but uh, a million bucks ain't much, right, Eric? Yeah, no, it's not much. And then there's another more devastating one over Donald Trump's KKK remarks as news is breaking right now that his son just gave a radio show interview to a radio show host who said this is a quote quote slavery was the greatest thing that ever happened to black people who said that that's the host of the show that donald trump jr went on so the host said that donald yeah the trump host jr. said that donald that. trump jr didn't say that but it, you know the, the, just let, like let, the let, Eric, narrative. Eric, i gotta cut you off go back to this kkk thing first of all donald trump disavowed that on friday he disavowed it on saturday now the but spin, didn't on sunday 
that Sunday he didn't use the same words that he used on Friday and Saturday, and now they're trying to turn it into a story that he didn't disavow it enough. Hey, I don't listen, think that they, is they fair. went after they went after Cruz on on a lot of things, building a narrative that Cruz was unlikable and a liar. They're working on the narrative that Trump is a racist, and he's given them plenty of ammunition to build on it. The Our Principles Pack ad is is launching an ad over the weekend uh, with quotes going back to the Obama birth certificate story, it, it building on this narrative that this is what the Democrats will suggest you, you Republicans know, you know, to. You know, the, the interesting thing about all this, at least in the results I've seen, and including Super Tuesday, none of this is sticking. Well, no. not yet. Not but that's yet. the thing. Think of how little, though. The, the one thing I would say is think of how little in terms of negative ads has been run against Donald Trump so far. So we can say none of this is sticking. But uh, you know, Marco Rubio has been subjected to a lot more negative ads and Ted Cruz to a lot more negative ads than Trump. I'm not saying it's going to work, mm-hmm. but oftentimes they do work. And, and I have a feeling it's like you said, Scott, this two-week funnel now, mm-hmm. everything is going to be thrown. The debate this Thursday, tomorrow night, should be a spirited oh, one, shall Lord. we say. The one next Thursday in Florida could be a spirited one because we all know – I mean, it doesn't take a mathematician or a rocket scientist to figure out that Trump has the opportunity in two weeks to knock Kasich and Rubio out and move on the way to this nomination. And so uh, this mm-hmm. makes it even more of a show. So you don't think Ben Carson's civility meeting is going to happen? <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you about that. What do you think? It might happen. Remember, you think? He, he opened the last debate, Herman, by basically saying, you know, we ought to all play nice. And then they basically looked at him and said, ah, shut up. We'll and it became a there. blood sport. Yeah. It didn't work. That was the same debate where Ben Carson said, would someone please attack me? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when you get right down to it. Okay, Herman, you know, Donald Trump Trump so far has rewritten the textbook on on uh, on uh, on playing free media, and I, I, you got to admire him for that. I mean, people, the media is rushing to cover him. What are we going to see? Some of the money that Donald Trump says he's going to spend of his own money uh, to uh, to push the narrative even further. Will we see it in the next couple of weeks? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, he has been, like you said, he has been getting so much free coverage because mm-hmm. of these. Um, grenades that he throws out there on social media and then some of the mainstream media will pick it up thinking that it's going to be the the great spin story that's going to just you know take off and it just hasn't happened so i really don't know uh whether he will spend some of his money to solidify his position in in florida and also close the gap based upon the current trend as jamie would say with the polls where cases is leading a little bit in ohio so i really don't know Meanwhile, Eric, uh, the turnaround award has got to go to Ted Cruz from Super Tuesday. From uh, where he was at, he had to fire his communications director and all the other things that went wrong. What was the key to his success in those three states? Uh, well, Texas, uh, it was the key to the success in Texas, sure. but Oklahoma being North Texas to a degree. Um, I would actually pay attention to Arkansas, though, where he lost it, but he only lost it by two percentage points. One of the significant factors in Oklahoma and Arkansas was not Ted Cruz, but the Club for Growth that poured millions into both states of anti-Trump advertising and Trump's voters, according to the exits in those states, they shifted to Ted Cruz, which again plays into the fact that the negative ads do work against Trump when they're tried. Uh, The Alaska one, though, was a complete surprise to everyone, particularly having had Sarah Palin endorse Donald Trump. One other thing from last night that's worth uh, noting is, and I've got this now confirmed from staffers, that uh, Rick Scott was going to endorse Donald Trump last night. The story broke. He was headed there. I heard it. Everyone else heard it. And ultimately, he stayed in Tallahassee. And I'm told by people close to him, it was because he saw Chris Christie's treatment by Donald Trump over the last few days. 
Really? What, what did what tre- Donald Trump do to Chris Christie? <laughs> if you gotta ask, really? um, I, I mean, there, there's a story in the Washington Post today. Let me just read you the the story from the Washington Post today that amply describes what happened to Chris Christie. Here's one line from it about the press conference last night where he stood behind Trump. Chris Christie had the face of a man who had used his third wish and realized too late that may my family never starve could be twisted to mean that the genie should murder his entire family. Good grief. <laughs> that was in the Washington Post. Wow. Well, uh, see, don't you think that that Washington Post writer who wrote that is reading a lot more into his expression? Oh, considering the social media buzz last night over Chris Christie's look standing behind Donald Trump, I don't believe so at all. Oh, it's the, still there. <laughs> yes. It, it, so the opening of this was Chris Christie spent the entire speech screaming wordlessly. I've never seen someone scream so loudly without using his mouth. <laughs> Jamie? Uh, one little quick update, Eric. What we talked about a moment ago texas has now switched around there was a tabulation error rubio has lost his victory in one congressional district that now goes to cruz so i think that means cruz wins all 36 congressional districts in texas last night that's big and that's a big margin. I mean, that's bigger than a lot of people thought well, would happen. 36 times 2, 72 delegates. That's a big, big deal. Yeah, and you know, there was the story that Rubio may be able to pick off a district or two hurting Cruz, and it clearly didn't happen. Nope. Well, in this very strange political season, there's an awful lot to talk about here in this special edition of the Herman Cain Show. Scott Slade with Herman, Eric Erickson, and Jamie Dupree.